Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to part three of the Stompcast, everyone. We are in a very quiet part of uh, the canal right now. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. It's, uh, it's massively appreciated, and I uh, hope wherever you're listening to this, you're having uh, a great day. Uh, Chris and I have been chatting. We've covered a lot of ground, excuse the pun, and uh, I've learned a bit about uh, about cycle racing as well. I can't uh, believe you've not used that one before. Covered I a lot probably of ground. Have. You have. I think I must have done. Right. I must have done. But luckily, um, you know, one of the things with ADHD is you, you can be quite forgetful. So uh, <laughs> I forget, and I can make the same joke. At least for me, anyway, it feels like it's the it's the first time. Um, we'll touch on this very briefly, and it's not really the premise of the podcast per se, or we're on a news-related podcast, but. You know, when you think about cycling as well, there's been a lot of issues over the years with things like conversation around doping and all these kind of well, things. Well, I was in the middle of that. And uh, it's, you know, it's one well, of the reasons I stopped. Right. <laughs> it got very hard to win anything. So how do you reflect on that time? And there's a lot, I think, you know, a lot of controversy a few years ago, actually, and actually not even that long ago as well, around, particularly around cycling with doping. We've heard of it a lot in Olympic sport as well, of course, in the very, very recent uh, games. How, how do you reflect? reflect on all of that is it a, is it still a problem have we have we solved it moving forward i don't think you ever solve it in uh, i mean it's it, human beings if there's a shortcut uh, it's back to what we were saying earlier <laughs> some, somebody's going to take it um you know be it in banking be it in sport whatever it is um and when there's no not enough consequences then you get more people thinking hang on i'm standing in this queue and everybody else is just walking around mm. me it's uh it's you give people a, an impossible choice. So cycling wasn't well regulated and it got, got really hard to win anything. Um, and it, it's in 98, the lid was taken off by the French police who raided the race, found lots of stuff, and then said, right, sort it out. And it took a decade. Uh, and I would posit now that, that it's probably the cleanest endurance sport in the world right. because it has to be if it's going to survive and attract sponsors. And, yeah. But it took a decade or more. Because that must have damaged. I mean, you know, uh, again, another part of things you learn, I could come back to this uh, documentary, but another thing you learn from the doc as well is how important the sponsorship money is for the racing yeah. and for the funding of, of teams and so on. And I guess in that time, sponsors like, well, hang on, I don't want to be involved Yeah, a reputational with damage. Back, they stuck on. with it for a long time. Uh, and I think Lance Armstrong in the mid-2010s, yeah. that was, was the killer. When the, and people I went, right, I don't know what, I, what I'm seeing anymore. I don't know what to trust. And then when, when you get to that stage, people think, you know what, I can put my money somewhere else. And he, un, he un, unhelpfully perhaps argued that everyone was doing it. Yeah, well, it's um, the go-to excuse. And uh, certainly not everybody, but I think there was evidence that it was pretty widespread. Cycling then had to sort itself out. And when you have the, the liberty to stand further back, you realise that it was necessary and it worked, and the sport's in a better place, but it's probably still in recovery now, mm. in terms of built, rebuilding a brand and trust. Yeah, the trust is a big thing, with well, uh, well, politics being one, mm. sport and things like that. People need to feel that what they're seeing is real. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, sport is an emotional thing. There's an investment, and you, uh, you you invest time in deciding this person. I'm following them, and I think they're mm. fantastic. And then you find out they're not what you were looking at. Yeah, which um, feels yeah. And so it's feel, huge. You feel robbed. Don't you, huge in that damage. Way. You've achieved a lot in your life in racing, and you know representing the country. I guess for a lot of people, feels like you know the top of that. What is it like competing in Olympic Games, let alone winning? What, what does that feel like? Well, I, when I was around the Olympic Games, uh, the British used to turn up and clap. You know, that, that was our duty as we turned up, made up the numbers and then clapped. Oh, I so, see. You mean, in terms, you mean in a bad way? We didn't win stuff. Oh, I see. You know. <laughs> we kind of enjoyed the whole experience, yeah, okay. but we, we didn't win stuff. And, uh, and so it was a bit weird to actually... Well, my, my so god. Did you fail said, in your role then? You should have been clapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I broke a 73 year tradition. Um, I, I mean, we, and I went through as a junior and turning up at the World Championships and Olympic Games. And, um, and I've mentioned uh, in one of the other parts that I got together with a guy called Peter Keane, who was my coach for 15 years. And we just got really obsessed with how to be better by a little bit, how to be better by a bit more. And we just kept shuffling forwards as it were until we found ourselves in Barcelona at the metaphorical steps of the Montjuï Stadium. Sounds like a um, heavenly location for the Olympic It does sound good, Barcelona. doesn't it? Yeah. That was, if you like, our dream destination. Um, but now suddenly everything could switch from being about learning and being better to this is it, this is your metaphorical 15 minutes, this is it. Uh, and that was... And which format were you racing that year? What was the what was the format there for that race? So I rode the four kilometre pursuit. The pursuit so race. Right. It's you know you start on either side of the track, it's four kilometres, uh, fastest time, or whoever catches the other guy, hence the name mm -hmm. pursuit, mm -hmm. uh, which generally doesn't happen. Um, and that was that was my moment. And at that point, I was an unemployed carpenter with a wife and two kids. I love I love that no story. No money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't love it in the sense that you had no money. But yeah. It's kind of the. the paradox if you like of that scenario must well it's why people watch sport you yeah. know you get situations um and I, I you know even sitting on the start line for a final i thought nah i'm not gonna really even the final you're like, ah. no because that's what other people do the people i see on tv be um, like hang on i am the guy it's just <laughs> imposter syndrome you know yeah. All, yeah. all the way to the yeah. to the point and uh and it worked out i mean it, it, it what was, was it like what was it like winning um a shock I think it was just it was going through a process of doing what you trained for, mm. uh, trying to manage my own anxiety and nerves, and being on a what was a probably two or three year journey to try and win an Olympic gold medal, and then within a second it's done, and uh, I felt quite cheated actually because I, I'd seen everybody else jumping up and down on podiums and in tears, and I quite liked the idea of that, fancy a bit of that. And I just felt shocked, and really? and it took uh, took months really. Months there's a story to, to sink in. You mean? Yeah, there's um, when I went home from the Olympics, and you're living in a bit of a bubble, and we got home, and the, all the village, the whole town is out, and uh, I really didn't like that because this is my place, and now I can't turn it off. Yeah. Uh, and I live in a little terraced house, Walker Street, and then by the evening, everybody had gone. And I walked down to the end of the road to the chippy yeah. in, the, uh, in the Dolphin. And the guy there, Ming, who's, who's been there forever, just, I walk in, it was, it's like the fountain scenes in Ocean Eleven. Mm. Just went, right, 
Red wine. And then uh, chips, please. Okay. Slides them across the counter. And uh, so how much is that? And he goes, puts his hand up. And that's when I knew I'd made it. <laughs> <laughs> Free chips that. in I the dolphin. That. Do you know what? That but does only sound one like making of chips. It, to be fair. Yeah, well, it has to be in balance, you know. High standards, the dolphin. One it, medal, yeah. one portion if, of yeah, chips. Yeah, if you'd have won the next, if you won a couple more, then you get your get your fish hand chips then included. But, but it was bits like that. And there's, um, uh, I went for a, go and meet somebody on a bike in the winter and riding along the sea wall. Uh, went past a runner. It was really early and it was only us there. And. Um, I heard the shouting behind me and the guy had recognised who I was and he was jumping up and down. And that's when I sort of thought, it's quite a big deal, this thing, isn't it? And I genuinely thought it'd be done in a month, a quarter of a century later. It was, uh, I think it's because we just didn't win things. There was me, Sally Gunnell, Steve Redgrave, Linford Christie, and that was it. Isn't it something beautiful about that, though, that I think that why the Olympic Games and actually to see sport in itself is so amazing is people almost engrave that into history you know you you think back to those times you can remember you know i, I must be honest i don't remember <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. i'm not dangerous Harsh but, but, true. Uh, but uh, you know you you do look back and think oh yeah i remember that moment and it becomes really nostalgic for people doesn't it? this is amazing we are walking through this is pretty cool walking through basically the canal boats and i people's guess gardens. Gardens, yeah. <laughs> it feels like yeah i feel like we're, we're literally wandering through someone's backyard we are in a way um but it does become ingrained, I think, into part of someone's life. So people will look back and go, oh, yeah, I remember that time Chris won. Like, yeah, I remember that. There's something amazing about that with sport. Well, it has ability helmets. to do that, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and that, that occasion was, you know, there's a pointy helmet. There was a weird bike with the Lotus bike. And uh, there's a few bits yeah, that embedded it in people's memories. And because we didn't win stuff, it was, it was the first one of the Olympic Games. It'd been on three nights prime time as we went through rounds, so it got time to to gather. Um, yeah, and it was it's bits like that that you remember, I suppose. In terms of uh, the wins you've had, so you said the the race and the, and the tour was you know the one that jumped to your mind. Is that for you the biggest win? Was that the biggest you know? In terms of your memory, I guess, was that the biggest one? I, I used to get asked a lot, which, which is the most important win? Which is, um, and there's three really. I mean, winning the first, first stage of the Tour de France uh, for the first time, that was uh, professionally huge. Yeah, it's, the mm. biggest, it's the biggest sporting event in the mm. world, actually, mm. uh, the Tour de France. So that's a big deal, professionally. Um, Olympic gold medal, everybody knows what that is. Everybody can relate to it. But in the world of cycling, certainly at the time, was a bit of a sideshow the Olympics um, but that's a the, funny thought <laughs> and then the, the, probably the best thing I broke world hour record in 1996 at so the distance you cover in an hour and that was physically the best I ever was everything coming together at one moment so that, I think those three things I find hard to together. to separate where do you keep your medals and your trophies and things that's the other question people ask yeah. <laughs> I, I, it becomes a prop um, and it's, what do you mean it's, well it's the winning of it that's the deal it's not I the see, object. I see. And so it's, uh, I think it's kicking around in my office at the moment. It's been found down the back of the couch. You're joking, you yeah. think? Yeah. <laughs> so you don't, you're telling me you don't know exactly where? No. <laughs> no. So are you, on, are you on board with people that, you know, they give away, they go, oh, I'll just have the medal at the end of it kind of thing. Would you ever give it away? Or hopefully you're going to no, keep it. No, I wouldn't, no. But, um, I think your family would be But if it got upset. stolen, it's just a thing. You know, yeah. it's just a thing. Yeah. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, so uh, we've established that your medals are somewhere. We're not just quite exactly <laughs> sure where they are, but they are somewhere, I'm sure, very safe. Um, shall we do our health fact of the week? So uh, as always, uh, I haven't read the fact. We respond to it together and just give our thoughts. And sometimes right. we're surprised, sometimes we're not surprised. Um, so this one is a study published in the BMJ, so British Medical yeah. Journal, last April, so very recently, found that regular cycling cut the risk of death from all causes by more than 40%. Yeah. Cut the risk of cancer and heart disease by 45%. I'm guessing you're probably not surprised by that. No, it's, um, this guy called Peter Walker wrote a book called The Miracle Pill. Um, and he basically said, it's as close as you're going to get to one solution for everything. And it's incredible that we ignore it. But yeah, 40% is just, imagine if you just got people to trundle around under their own steam, you would save the NHS. It's, it's fortunes, isn't it? It's absolute fortunes. Um, but I guess more in the moral sense, like, I guess if we can really get this across in schools and ingrain these habits and the fantastic work you're doing about making the environments correct and the, the I guess the, the possibilities there to engage as much as much as possible in movement you know we can actually really change people's lives and either you look at it you can look at it one way from the heart perspective and the cardiovascular and the cancer perspective but also as I always gone about that mental health side of it as well we know that you know the biggest cause of death under the age of 35 is, is suicide that is the fact that is the fact that of the matter and if we have something that is that perhaps miracle pill in some sense, um, you know, of course it's only one part of the solution. It's not a yeah. treatment always or per se for illness, but it certainly can help prevent cancer. And if we've got something that can work, we should be doing everything we can to remove barriers and help people access that, that, that thing, right? Well, I, um, as we talked about throughout the walk, really, I'm, uh, I'm really lazy. So I want to know. I don't think you're lazy. You, you, you've tried to convince me okay. that you're lazy. I'm mentally lazy. I, I don't believe you. But yes, so carry I'm on. Thinking, <laughs> and the whole professor gig and the whole <laughs> let's look at the facts. You're I'll a very humble man. I'll give you that. I'll agree with you on that one. I say, okay, well, I want to do, I just want to do one thing. Um, I want a government to do one thing mm. and that's going to give me the best bang for my buck. And, and this would be it. Change the way we move about or give us choice to do our short journeys under our own steam, make it attractive, and you will make big strides to uh, decarbonisation, yes. health service, liberty for kids, you know, all, all of that in one go. Uh, again, excuse the pun, but these fantastic movement, and uh, I'm sure that, well, as a Stompcast community, I, I guess, you know, we are, <laughs> we're big believers uh, in this, but we all have a role in spreading the message of supporting it, 
you know, if you're seeing campaigns, you know, actively encouraging the changes to, say, the roadworks or whatever it might be, try and support it in whatever you, way you can. And little, little, little acts of support can make a big difference. So, so do get involved. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us on the, on the Stompcast. It's been absolutely fantastic. We really have traversed through all sorts of environments. You're now on to the next. What are you up to this afternoon? I'm going home for a few hours before doing more of the, this kind of thing, the whole working on active travel in... I think I'm in Bristol tomorrow. There you go. Well, make sure you also get some general rest and stuff as well. You sound like you're very, working very, very hard, but uh, rest is important, isn't it? Taking a break every now and then. Thank you so much for joining us on uh, the Stumpcast. I'm sure everyone's found it really, really interesting and useful. Um, we're going to reflect on some of the points raised in behind the Stumpcast, uh, which we'll be doing um, well, as we let Chris go on to the next, which actually is having a bit of a break before you do tackle more <laughs> of these things. Um, so we'll see you over on Behind the Stumpcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, everyone. Wherever you are, enjoy your stomp. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 